Our scripture reading begins with Numbers, chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. From Mount Hor they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people became impatient on the way. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it upon a pole. And whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. Our reading continues in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, 14 through 21. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Those who believe in Him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As we reach the second half of our Lenten series, we come to scripture that is so familiar that most people have memorized it through and through. John 3.16 happens in the middle of a discourse that Jesus is speaking with Nicodemus and they are talking and often the verse is invoked and we don't get all of the things happening around it. And I think that sometimes we lose some of the grand context that it's put in. To the point that many people wouldn't know what Jesus was referring to when he says that just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And so we look back to the Israelites wandering in the wilderness and they begin doing what it seems they do best. Complain, complain, complain. This time... They have brought complaints against God and against Moses. That they're worried that they have been brought out to the wilderness to die. That there's no food and the food that they do have is awful. And they're miserable. They complain and they decide maybe God doesn't have their best interest at heart. And poisonous serpents begin to spread among them. And when they get bitten... They die. And so the people say, we realize we've sinned. 
take these serpents away. Do something to save us. Because we realize we messed up. And so God has Moses put a serpent on a staff. And so Moses has this this tall staff. And he gets a bronze serpent. So imagine this very long serpent so everybody can see it. And he has it crafted, and he has this staff, and it's wrapped around it. You can imagine this long staff sitting up and down, and this serpent going across it so that everybody can see it, being held up for the people to see. And the people who look live. The serpents don't go away. But when the people are bitten, they look to this staff and they live. And the imagery there, this makeshift cross, so to speak, is there because the people have sinned and they need to be saved. And they escape the punishment for their sins. So when Jesus says that the Son of Man must be lifted up, just as Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness, he's saying that the Son of Man is going to be held up in the same way. And that whoever looks will live. That just as the Israelites were told, look and live, that in faith, when we look to Christ, that we will live. Except Christ doesn't come just to save us from our then and now, just to save us from that particular sin, to save us from this one thing, but to save us from all things. That he comes not to be held up that we could be saved for a moment, but that we could be saved for eternity. We just have to look and live. But it's not quite that easy. The problem is that if we are looking to Christ in faith, we are seeking Him for a reason. And that reason is our own failure. We seek Him because we are sinners. We seek Him because we missed the mark. We seek Him because we didn't do the things we are supposed to do And we've done things we know we shouldn't have done. And it's hard because we have to admit those things. Because it's the only reason we have to look. Is because we need redemption. We need saving. But it means we admit it's out of our hands. Too often... We have this idea that we just have to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, that we just have to lift ourselves up, and whatever it is, that we can do it ourselves because we are strong people. We have been told that we are independent and that we can do anything. Except rely on others. It's hard because it means that we have to come to the cross admitting that we need salvation. We have to come to the cross admitting that we have failed. And that's hard. But the thing is that when we do it, when we look, people watch. 
People see how we live. People look to see what it is we do, and they want to see what it is we look to. That when we have failed, where do we look? How do we act? And I start thinking about the Israelites. And I start thinking about that I know people who, the minute they'd be bitten, they'd look down, and they'd start looking around, and they'd go, oh, that serpent over there bit me. I can see him going off that way, and he bit me, and now I know what's going to happen. And they sit there staring at the wound, going, if only I had been more careful, if only I had been more faithful, if only I had listened, this wouldn't have happened. And they stare, and they complain, and they think about all the things they could have done, and they don't look up. They look back. They sit and ponder all the things about their sin. They think about all the things that happened and all the things that maybe they could have done differently. And they don't look up to be saved because they're so worried and caught up in what's happened. They don't think about what comes next. And when they don't think about what comes next, the only thing that comes next is death. Now the thing is, if I walk in, and I walk in, and I am looking down, and I am hunched over, and I am walking about, looking at the ground, everybody who walks by me is going to look at this spot in front of me on the ground. And they're going to look, and they're going to try to figure out what I'm looking at. And chances are, if they can't see anything, they're going to look twice as hard. They're going to look twice as hard because they want to know what it is I'm staring at. What it is I have fixed my gaze on. What I have set my life on. Christ recognizes this. We have to decide where we're going to look. Whether we are going to be so caught up in the past that we are always looking down and looking behind us and thinking about how things could have been. Or whether we are looking up and we are looking ahead and we are looking to Christ on the cross to say... I want to be forgiven because I want to walk away from my mistakes because I want to turn away from them and I want to do better. And I want to live a life of hope, not of despair. And I want to live a life of salvation, not of condemnation. I want to live a life that people want to live. I want to live a life that's an example to others. That when they see me looking to Christ in all things, that they look to figure out what it is I have my eyes fixed on. That they see what it is my heart is fixed on. That they want to know where my faith is and why it's there. Because even if they can't see it themselves, if they can't see it, they're going to look twice as hard to figure out what it is that has captured my sight. They want to know how they too can look and live. Because Christ offers us something more than just a momentary redemption. He offers us salvation, perfect freedom from our sin. He paid a price that we could not pay. Because He lives, we live as well. But with that comes our responsibility. Christ didn't come to redeem some. 
Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Because God loved the world in this way. He gave His Son to die on a cross so that all who believe will not die, but will gain eternal life. A love so great that it would be offered to all. But we have to look. We have to walk as children of the light so that people see the light. We have to walk as children of the light so that people want to get out of the darkness. We have to look up to Christ as our Savior, as our leader, as our example, that people will see where we look and what we look to. That people will want to have that hope. That people will want to know that grace. That they will be saved. And that when they look, others around them will want to look too. Just like that serpent held up in the desert. We hold up Christ crucified as the price paid for all our sins. We believe knowing that we are given so much more than we could ever have hoped for. Life eternal in the hands of a loving and gracious God. But we have to live like we are children washed in the blood. We have to live as people redeemed by the cross. We have to live as people who serve a risen Savior so that others too may know salvation is at hand. As we prepare to change our hearts for the coming of Christ, for His death, for His resurrection, for His eternal kingdom. We must be an example to all those that when they seek, that they will find a God whose steadfast love endures forever, whose faithfulness is to all generations, who came to be the light and the truth for all people. Let us know that Christ is there for us and for all. And let us look to Him and live forevermore. Amen.